Hello, my pretties. Haley here, letting you know that Autumn and I will be taking a break for the holidays. We'll be back after the new year. In the meantime, send us some case suggestions and personal tales of interest. We'd love to hear from you. Until then, we wish you a blessed and joyous holiday. Welcome, my pretties. Come in, have a seat as we sip this tea of reality. I'm Autumn. And I'm Haley. And this is Don't You Know. Today we're doing crypt compilations. Since it's been through the holidays and I haven't had much time to do in-depth research, I've picked a few short cases to compile together for our episode today. So it's not a whole murder case, um, but we would like suggestions. We've gotten a couple sent to us uh, from our, you know, good old family listeners out there. Yep, definitely in queue, diving into them here now. Um, But... Any suggestions you have is welcome. Yeah, this is kind of for anyone who listen. So we want to the people what who, piques who, your yeah, interest. People who are listening to have a say in what we do. You can send us an email at don't you know podcast don't you know pod at outlook dot com. To reiterate, don't you know pod at outlook dot com. Send us an email. Do it whether it be your own personal story or just a case that you would like to hear us cover. Or say hi. Yeah. Have a shout-out. Yeah, leave we'll us do your shout name outs. and... Have fun with it. Yeah, leave your name and then maybe the state of your company. Just be like, you guys talk too much. True. <laughs> That's true. You're always off topic. So, yeah, like Haley said, it's a whole bunch of mini-stories. If you have any mini-stories you want to learn more about like the origin of Bigfoot or some weird shit like aliens I'm sure she could find something on it I can find something on anything and maybe we'll make it like a every now and then type of compilation thing alright so let's dive right in our first story is about true crime's biggest fan Jung Yoo Jung that's a name yes she is a South Korean 23 year old female or 23-year-old woman, I want to say female. Not much is known about Yoo Jung's early life, but what we do know is that when she was just one years old, she was abandoned by her mother. She was left to be raised by her father, who in turn ran off when she was six years old, leaving her with her grandmother. Damn. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it was her maternal grandmother, paternal grandmother. Like I said, information's kind of scarce. It must have been a quiet and lonely life for Yoo Jung because... Or especially after her grandmother passed away when she had graduated high school. For the next few or for the next five years, Yu Jung lived in isolation, saying to have become a fan of true crime. In May of twenty twenty three, Yu Jung began posing as a parent, looking for a tutor to help with her daughter's English lessons lessons. She used the Everytime app as her hunting grounds. She would reach out to female tutors asking a series of questions so she could get a feel of someone who wouldn't be missed. Questions such as, does she, do they have roommates, partners, friends, or family that they see regularly? She was looking for the perfect victim, a lonely woman that she could overpower. And how old was she? She was only 23. Oh, it's intense thoughts for a 23-year-old, but okay. Yeah, she had a lot of time to think if she didn't really get out. I guess. Sitting for five years by herself. I guess that might be her identification with love, if you think about it, because everybody she ever loved just left, left. her. Yeah, somehow Maybe just left her to her own devices. It sounds a little 
crazy kooky to us, but to her, that's just someone she wants to love. Or she's just crazy, which is also an option. She's a little bit crazy. Bitches do be crazy. She she is, because she found one such woman in June of 2023. They made plans for Yu Zheng's daughter to visit the tutor's apartment for English lessons. Of course, this wasn't. Of course, this was phase two of the ruse. Instead of the expected freshman student, it was Yu Zheng who knocked on the apartment door of the tutor. I keep saying the tutor because of privacy laws in South Korea. Very little information is released about victims of crimes, yeah. so we don't we don't know her name. We don't know much more than that she was a young university student that was the unfortunate target of this lonely psychopath's scheme. Sounds like it. Immediately after the tutor opened the door to Yu Zheng, who was dressed in a school uniform, Yu Zheng began stabbing her. Crime scene details are scarce, but from what I can gather, they must have backed into the apartment where Yu Zheng continued to stab her for 110 times. Right? Can you imagine the fury it takes to stab somebody? Like, they were both, I'm assuming, pretty petite like in stature. Workout. But that, I mean. That's a workout. You're the human not, bodies. It's not easy it's it's not easy i've never stabbed anybody but i can imagine that it's just getting past the 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 instinct well like not just not just the physiology of it but like getting past the instinct to not stab somebody because like i don't know i feel like i would have to be flight or fight like in defense mode someone's attacking me in order for me to even like cross that barrier but apparently this young lady did not have that barrier. Once the fury died down, Yu Jung then proceeded to dismember the tutor. After she was done, she then cleaned, she changed into a clean outfit belonging to the tutor and took the tutor's cell phone and wallet. All that for a rob? All like- that just because. Like, it's, it's kind of speculated that maybe she was going to assume the tutor's identity somehow because she took the cell phone and the wallet. I, I, I more speculate that she took it so that she could kind of deter any concerned parties. Yeah. Like if someone was calling or texting, she'd be like, oh, I'm fine, blah, 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 make a purchase here and there to throw off her scent. But this, I don't know how to say this nicely, but like this, this crime was so disrespectfully half-assed. She just, she just, it was concocted in bits and pieces. It's absolutely fucked up. The absolute unnecessary events. I don't know. I mean, all murder is unnecessary, but if you're going to fucking do it, do it right. But no, no. As a self-proclaimed fan of true crime. That was not the way to do it. It's not the way to do it. She didn't avoid CCTV footage. Knowing that it's right, and Korea is flushed with CCTV CCTV footage, exactly. (laughs) So I'm like, you're just right out there in the open using your own, you know, cash fund. That must not have been a caring reason. Like she knew she was going to get caught. Whatever. She just needed to do this. Needed to do this to alleviate whatever something fantasy whole black hole was inside of her. I don't know. Once she was cleaned up, 
and she had taken everything that she could from the tutor, her cell phone, her wallet, her life. She then called a cabbie to take her over to her apartment so that she could get a suitcase and cleaning supplies. I think she stopped at a store to get trash bags and bleach. Or... So she just went everywhere with CCTV. Yeah. Because if not the streets, Leaving a, mark, a marked trail. The stores are going to have copious amounts of CCTV. And, like, she changed her clothes, but it wasn't I don't think she cleaned up too well. Like, she, she still, like, from what I gather, was covered in blood. So Gross. This, yeah. This, this taxi takes her to her apartment and then takes her back to the tutor's apartment where she places the remains in the suitcase. I don't know. I, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like she got all of the remains in the suitcase. I don't know how big the suitcase was. It seems like there might have been, you know, remains left behind. So... She fills up the suitcase, then gets back into the cab, and she has the cab driver over to, you know, a secluded area of the, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, the, the Noct River, where she throws the suitcase containing the tutor in a bush. Just so carelessly dumped it. Not only did she just murder a stranger, which is Completely already stranger. extremely abnormal. Just fucking cold. She dismembered said stranger. Oh, oh. can you imagine? Like, I can't. And they're I just, even... there's something wrong, because that's like the point zero zero one percent of murders. Like, they don't normally kill strangers. It's usually someone you know. Yeah, they do, you know. It depends. I've read a good, like few cases where they just targeted strangers whoever was there but a lot of people do target people they know family annihilators yeah i don't know that's just my thoughts so yeah it's just very cold to dismember somebody i couldn't do it i would hope i couldn't i'm I mean, you're a fan that. of true crime do i need to watch out for you no but i did get over forty thousand. 40,000 minutes on Spotify rewrap of <laughs> true crime <laughs> podcast because that's all I listen to is true crime podcast. Only 40,000. It was only 40,000 and I only listen during work and I don't listen all the time at work because sometimes the silence is nice. What a shame. So I'm like only 40,000? Seems a bit weak but okay. Very Maybe that's why I was called a vampire. Because <laughs> you just murder, sucking up all the true crime. I don't even listen half the time. It's just background noise. That is also true. We left off at Yujung throwing the body part into the bushes. Right. So after she disposed, or while she was disposing of the remains, the cabbie called the authorities because she was obviously acting suspicious. She wasn't doing very much to hide the fact that. She just murdered somebody, covered in blood, dumping a suitcase in a secluded area, going back and forth between apartments. Like, really does sound like she wanted left a to trail. Get caught. Yes, I think she was just so lonely and so full of rage yeah. that she saw this as her only claim to existence. The psychology of some people is 
Very interesting. She returned to the cab after he made the phone call and he took her back home. The authorities wasted no time <coughs> in going to the tutor's apartment where they discovered the gruesome scene. It was covered in blood. Like I said, crime scene details are actually pretty scary, but you can imagine. Yeah, it like doesn't I said. sound like she took too much care and strategic with just no disposing of said body. It was very obvious that somebody was murdered in that apartment. And of course, the cabbie told them about the dump site, so the authorities went there and promptly discovered the remains of the tutor. He also gave them the location of her apartment, so they wasted no time. The following day, they went to her, and she was immediately arrested for being a suspect in the murder of the tutor. I can't believe it took that long to arrest her the next morning. Well, that was just gathering all of the evidence and inspecting the scene, talking to the cabbie as a witness. Like, it's the next morning. It was less than 24 hours, you know, before discovering the scene that she was arrested. They wasted no time. During her interrogation, when she was asked, you know, why did you pose as a student and kill this tutor? She said, well, it was an accident because we had gotten into an argument and it just happened. An argument? An argument, like bullshit. And they also thought it was bullshit because they didn't buy that. They they started poking holes in her story. She couldn't keep it straight. They eventually found out, you know, that she was using the EveryTime app. She gave, you know, they got the password and the access and saw that she had been messaging different tutors for months. Like I said, scoping out, you know, who lived alone, who had roommates, who who was the perfect victim. And unfortunately, she settled on this tutor. It's also said that during her interrogation, she called her father. I don't know if this was before or after the murder, but she threatened to kill him because of all of the rage she felt inside by being abandoned by him and him never reaching out over the course of, you know, nearly 20 years. Her entire life just... Definitely sounds like a psychotic break. Yeah. So much isolation. Just being... I'm not a doctor. That's just my opinion. This is inference and speculation true opinion of some armchair detectives. Not even armchair detectives. Who just... listened to 40,000 hours <laughs> or minutes of no, true, true crime, crime on Spotify. <laughs> so calm down. Okay, We keep it going. That's like over 300 days. So I'll take your word for it because I'm not doing the math on I'm that. I'm not either. Zhu Young, or Yu, Yu Zhang, pardon also wasn't doing the math on that because, like I said, she half-assed this crime. She was The cops had no problem finding her on the CCTV footage, the debit receipts. It was amateur planning, thank the gods, because she needed to be remanded. She was obviously, about, you know, her mental stability was evaluated and they found her competent to stand trial, that she knew that what she was doing was wrong, which was evident in her trying to cover up the crime, regardless of how poor she of a job she did so she was put on trial where she was promptly convicted and then reading about the sentencing i was a little confused because it said it said that she was sentenced to life in prison but that she also had to wear an electronic monitor so i don't know they might just be that strict for 30 years yeah i'm like i said 
not a whole lot of information out there. She was convicted because um, at the urging of her family, she confessed. And it said that she seemed apologetic, but that she was very cold, hmm. you know, kind of acting remorseful. But I don't know if she really felt it. I, I do think she was very disconnected from reality and needs a lot of help. Yeah. And I, I do think she's at risk of offending again. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. If she had gotten away with it. It. If she had put some more thought into her planning. But thank goodness she was caught. Yes, obviously. Like I said, there was some uh, speculation that she meant to assume the tutor's identity because she was a young, independent woman who seemed to have it all. Or it could be that she just simply wanted to. She wanted to feel what it was like to take the life of another human being in a, a cold and awful way. So that was the case of Zhang, Zhang Yu Zhang. If you have any more information, don't be shy. Leave us a comment on our Instagram. Send us an email at don'tyouknowpod at outlook.com. Come visit us on our website on, what the fuck is it? Don'tyouknowpod.com. You set that one up, homie. I don't know. I don't know. There's also a Mastodon account that I'm trying to figure out. Dude, we're on everything, and if we're not on it, we'll try to get on it. We're getting there. I made a TikTok, Except but. Facebook. We're not going on yeah, Facebook and Twitter is kind of like dead zones. But other shit. Woo. Yeah, we're uh, there. We'll figure it out. All right, that was the case of Young Yu Jung, true crime fan turned murderer. Hope we don't have to worry about any of you fellow fans out there dreaming and scheming of murder in the first degree. Jokes aside, if you're lonely and are dealing with thoughts of suicide or murder or anything of the like, please reach out to someone you know before it's too late. Because we we don't we don't want to cover your case on the podcast. Yeah, we don't. Not not if you're the star. We'd of the rather show. hear a story that you writ wrote. Sorry, a story that you wrote. Oh yeah, like a fictional story. Dude, you send that shit in too. Story that happened in your life. Story that you made up. Any type of story. Yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll read it. it out. We're just sitting here in the garage, fucking chilling, talking to y'all. <laughs> Right. Just a hangout session that we would normally do. Right, come have some tea with us. Put a little a little whiskey in it. If you like. Or just have some If you water. like true crime and whiskey. And sitting in the garage. With your water. And your sister. <laughs> and the dog. And the marrow. And the dogs. <laughs> The Thanksgiving Massacre of November 1980. Thank goodness Thanksgiving passed already. It would have been spooked. Would have been spooked. Is it? Is it a repeat? No, because this happened in 1980 on Thanksgiving Day in Reno, Nevada, across the country. I was We're 22 safe. years from being born, so I'm good. We're safe. A woman driving a 1974 Lincoln Continental drove through the crowd gathered in front of the Club Calneva, Neva, Calneva building to watch the holiday parade. The car drove at 40 miles per hour through the patrons, killing six and injuring 23 others, barreling down the road before being stopped by the traffic on 6th Street, stopped specifically by a couple who drove in front of her to halt the rampage. The driver of this vehicle turned weapon was Priscilla Ford. 
They promptly removed her from the Lincoln and arrested her. They gave her a breathalyzer test where she blew a point one five six blood alcohol content. That's many times over the legal limit of point oh eight. Yeah, it is. As she was being arrested, she asked how many people she had ki- killed, and when she was told, she replied with good. Damn. Don't sugarcoat your feelings there. No. This is a wild ride. It's kind of sad, actually. Priscilla Ford was 51 at the time of the attack. Who was she before becoming a mass murderer on Thanksgiving Day? Priscilla Ford was born February 29th in 1929 in Berrien Spring, Michigan. Not much is known about her early life, but we can infer that it couldn't have been all sunshine and roses, as it was both right before the Great Depression and then followed by so many wars and civil rights movements. Priscilla was African American, and early America, even in the North, wasn't the fondest of its melanin-rich citizens. Despite the hardships Priscilla undoubtedly faced, she went on to graduate high school and become the first black teacher in her area, though she was deemed slightly underqualified. Maybe that was due to lack of formal training or lack of funding for higher education, because it is claimed that she had an IQ of 139, which is one point below genius level. She was smart. She was smart. She, she was smart and calculated. Skepticism turned to admiration when she demonstrated how well she did with the children in 1929. Priscilla would go on to marry twice and have three children. I was unable to find the names of either husband, which is a shame because she shot her second husband and herself in a failed murder-suicide. She claimed that it was in self-defense and that he was abusive. Hmm. Another shameless plug. If you know any more about Priscilla's husband's please leave a comment on don'tyouknowpod.com. Or if you know how to find the best sites for marriage and death certificates, so I could get pointed in the right direction of research. Now back to our story. In 1958, some friends and family noted that Priscilla's behavior had become strange. She she had become absent-minded and irritable, oftentimes taken to getting drunk after the end of a long day. She would go around town and claim that she had the soul of Jesus Christ and Adam. She would also claim that she could see the ghost of her dead husband standing across the street from her Buffalo, New York apartment. I'm guessing this is a little bit of PTSD sprinkled with some survivor's guilt, but I'm no no psychologist. When her son came back from from his tour with the Army, which must have been like World War II, he also noticed how odd she was acting and that she had begun to abuse alcohol. About this time, she and her youngest child, Winter, moved to Reno, Nevada. The following year, she checked herself into a mental health facility. She was diagnosed passive-aggressive with hysterical episodes. She was treated and released. I'm assuming they gave her medications, but I can't say for sure. So I don't know if like she would stay on her medication regimen, because as we go further into the case, you'll notice that she has these high and low episodes. If it's working, keep doing what's working. Yes. Whether it's talking with someone, medication regimens. If it's working. You know, if it's working. Not only did she seem rebellious, but she seemed kind of a like a narcissist as well. Saying that, you know, she had the, the soul of Jesus Christ. She could do no sin. Um... I'll make a little note here about one major feature of passive-aggressive personality disorder, 
It's a resistance to authority figures and any request to validate performance. If anything is expected of them, they violently go against it. They fail to ask questions of adequate performance expectations and become sullen and argumentative if these scenarios arrive. So anytime someone would question what she was doing, if she did it well enough, she just had an attitude about it. Yeah. Going further. Calm down. So approximately a year after leaving treatment, she was arrested again for trespassing and assault leading to another mental evaluation that unfortunately led to the removal of her daughter from her custody. Of course, Priscilla didn't take this well, but she did her best to work the system and get her daughter back. Unfortunately, she was unable to. Unfortunately or fortunately? I'm kind of thinking best, like, it's an unfortunate situation, but it's fortunate that her daughter's not living in the manic-depressive episodes of her narcissistic mother. Yeah, I like to think that children don't get taken away for no reason. I would hope not. And, I mean, if she's getting arrested for trespassing and assault, it kind of seems like it's a tumultuous home situation. I can't imagine it was the safest. In 1978, Priscilla was in Blackfoot, Idaho, where she was being treated for her mental health. The following year, in 1979, she was returned to Buffalo, New York, where where she continued treatment and was diagnosed as paranoid schizophrenic. After this, she moves to Maine, and in 1980, she is seeking assistance from a lawyer so she can regain custody of her daughter. She is alleged to have stated that if they didn't help her, she would drive across the state and kill everyone she encountered along the way. Okay. Manic. Making threats. That she would later follow through on. She warned. She, it's, they should have kept her in a mental health facility. Like, I don't. It's her responsibility to continue medication or therapy or Absolutely. whatever it is after the fact. So I don't even think this is necessarily a system failure, which I do see in so many different cases. Like, sometimes it's like, why didn't you just keep them in jail? Like, yeah. they were obviously a fucking sick motherfucker. Just keep them locked up and then you let them go. Whatever. In this case, they did what they're like, okay, here, these are the medications you need to take. This is, you know... Anger management classes, blah, 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 blah. Hopefully that's what they were doing, and she just wasn't following through on what she needed to do. Right. Despite her heartfelt efforts, Priscilla was not afforded any legal counsel and instead made her way to San Francisco, where she decided to stay for a bit and got a job as a gift wrapper, all the while seeking avenues to be reunited with her child. The fruitless efforts turned to frustrations, and on November 27th in 1980, Priscilla Joyce Ford used her 1974 Lincoln Continental to murder six people and injure 23 more. Once more, it was alleged that the vehicular homicide was premeditated, and the witness testified that she spoke of the idea previous to committing it. She was quoted, The people of Reno will pay with death. A response during a di- which was a di- uh, sorry, which was a response during a discussion of her losing custody of Winter. What a fun name. It's a beautiful name. I'm, I'm sorry that... What a fun name. I love that. Maybe I should name my kid that. Come on. I think that would be pretty awesome. It would be very cute because you do love the fucking cold, you damn polar My bear. name is Autumn. Of course I'd push out a kid and name it Winter. That is apropos. And then they push out a kid and, and name, name it, it Summer. Summer, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then your the great-great-grandchildren, spring, spring. Spring, I guess that could be I mean, a fun it works. name. Fuck it. I'm going to fucking do it. Do it. 
Actually, not right now. Well, no. Maybe, give me like three years. Three years. Acceptable. I would be done with school. Well established. My kids will be older so I can babysit. There you go. At least three years. What's up? Baby winter. That is if I get a girl. I, I wouldn't name a boy that personally. No. No. You can name him August. Oh, I like that one. I do like I have name. always liked the name August. I think it's very... I don't know. I, like I went it. to a school with a girl named August, and she unfortunately took her own life. Oh. So that was really sad. R.I.P. August. I didn't know her very well, but obviously I don't wish death on anyone. Peace so. on your soul, baby girl. Yes. She's very beautiful. Anyway, you know who also died? Um, Six people who were murdered by Priscilla Ford as she sped down the crowded sidewalk. One woman was splayed across the herd. The herd. One woman was splayed across the hood of her car. Among her victims, the deceased are Iva Britton, who was 80 and lived in Reno, Jolene Cranmer, who was 20 of Horseheads, New York, John Koshella, who was 60 of Reno, Paul Nitzel, who was 73 of Sunnyvale, California, and Josephine Starkey, who was 50 of Sparks, Nevada. Each one of these names was a life taken, a loved one stolen from their families, a tragedy. May they rest in peace. R.I.P. everybody. Look both ways before crossing the road. Yes. <laughs> Practice proper road safety. But also, don't not listen to crazy people. She warned. She, she said, was a firecracker She going said, off. if I don't get my kids, this is what I'm going to do. Take her seriously. But like... But then she didn't continue, and then her thoughts came right back, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. You don't see a whole lot of people who follow through with such threats. A lot of people are full of hot air and shit. But there are a few fucking weird... I'm telling you, that .001%, that actually is just like, what the fuck? Like, well, are you wired wrong? What happened? That's it's not how we think here. You're... Uh, all right. She was found to be competent to stand trial, despite her history of mental illness. After treatment, she was found guilty and sentenced to death via the gas chamber, which was changed to lethal injection due to changing of the laws in 1983. Through appeals and stays of execution, she lived until 75, when she died of emphysema caused by being a heavy lifetime smoker in 2004. 83 is when they changed to... 75. Oh, yeah, 83 is when they changed it to... That you couldn't get gassed anymore yeah it's kind of fucked up that's i mean it's not that they're all kind of fucked up i mean there's people that say even death by lethal injection isn't humane that it's not painless and like yeah but like some people need to go down i'm not gonna lie (sighs) in this case i don't think Death row was appropriate because she did have mental... Like, she knew what she was wrong. Definitely needed to go to jail and be removed from society. Absolutely. At risk of reoffending. No lie. But I am a little glad that she got to live until 75. I don't know. Like I said, it's a very sad case. It's I, a hot debate. And I can see both sides. I you know, Call me fucked up, but I do empathize a little bit. Well, I can see both sides. I, yeah. Definitely needs, like, needs the punishment. Like, Absolutely. 
you killed six people yeah. and injured 20-something more. But I would be just fine if she spent it in a mental facility as if she did on... Instead of jail. Yeah. Yeah. Wherever she wouldn't. can get her meds and therapy. Yeah. But then there's this quote of hers that makes you really unrelatable. The more dead, the better. I deliberately plan to get as many as possible. A Lincoln Continental can do a lot of damage, can't it? I'm a New York teacher. I am tired of life. I want attention. I'm sick of problems. In June 1980, a voice told me to drive through a crowd and kill as many as possible. Another voice said she's too much of a lady to do it. Sounds Unquote. like another psychotic break. Yeah. I'm like, oh, poor. Ah. Again, not a therapist, so I'm not diagnosing. That's just... It sounds like there's a dis... There is a disconnect. Disconnect from reality. Like, who wants to kill... I don't know. I just... I... That is not a quote-unquote normal thought. No. Just, I don't drive through my car. I mean, I feel like I got those... There's intrusive thoughts, but yeah. they're <laughs> intrusive. I was going to say, I've got the normal she intrusive She acted on us. her intrusive thoughts, like you which don't isn't quote-unquote normal. No, you don't. You don't drive into the tree. You, you, you not know. on purpose if you want to pay like, those that's bills. That's a normal intrusive thought. Yeah. If I just skip today, or if I just slide on that banana peel. What if I ran the red light? <laughs> that was the case of Priscilla Ford in the Thanksgiving Day Massacre of 1980. You say gobble gobble, I say slurp slurp, it's the same thing. Speaking of slurp slurp. Our next case is about the skin in the sewer. Ew. In Sterling, Michigan, August 15th, 2012, it was a day like any other for the city workers inspecting the sewers. That is until they discovered some suspicious-looking organic matter. <laughs> oh, why'd you phrase it like that? Because <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I'm like, what is it? Organic matter. Ew. Upon further inspection, they realized that it was 10 to 15-sized or softball-sized cubes of flesh. They immediately contacted the authorities who investigated the scene. They removed the pieces of the skin and take them in for testing, finding that they contained skin, duh, subcutaneous fat, and bits of muscle. They were also adorned with a tattoo. There is no definitive answer on what the tattoo is supposed to be. A tattoo artist has come, up, has come in to help identify the artwork and says it could be a reaper missing significant pieces of the face, a heart engulfed in flames, or any such gothic-style art. He says that he's confident that it is a well-done custom piece and not a flash tattoo, and that based on the fading of the ink, he would say that it is anywhere from 15 to 20 years old. Of course, That's pretty cool that they could do that. That's Yeah. What a talent. Know your craft, right? Crazy. <laughs> of course, authorities ran DNA through CODIS which is the combined DNA index system, and there were no matches. The best they can discern is that it is a woman, likely Caucasian, heavy set, and anywhere between the ages of 30 and 55, likely closer to the latter. They also concluded that due to the precision of the cuts, the flesh could have been frozen beforehand. Strange as this scenario is, by December 23, 2012, it was no longer an isolated incident. Approximately seven miles north in Warren, Michigan, more flesh was found in the sewer system. So everyone's going like, what the fuck? Is it a serial killer flushing his victims down the drain? Ugh. 
more practical heads theorize that it could be medical waste from perhaps a morgue or an illegal plastic surgery uh, facility. These pieces of skin were also precisely cut, containing subcutaneous fat and bits of muscle, roughly softball-sized, like palm-sized, roughly five inches in diameter. The sewers service 800,000 residents of Macomb County, so it's nearly impossible to pinpoint where exactly they came from. And I know what you're thinking. I had the same idea. I was like, why couldn't they have disposed of the remains in a storm drain? After all, small frozen pieces of meat wouldn't be too hard to conceal on a dark night, but storm drains aren't connected to the sewers. They let the runoff into the nearest body of water. So there's a fun hmm. fact for you if you didn't know that. I did not know that. Again, the forensics came back with woman, likely Caucasian, no hits in CODIS. These samples were sans tattoo, so they, they had even less to go on. In both cases, they uploaded pictures and relevant information into NamUs, which is the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System. Nothing came of either case, letting them go as cold as the grave. Oh, that's crazy. Until September 23rd in 2013. You which is dirty when, dog, you. <laughs> which is when a third set of fleshy remains were found in the sewer system. We know even less about these samples, only that they were covered in coarse dark brown hair, and were Caucasian. They didn't, there's no information on what gender it could have been. All three sets of remains have their own profiles and names. They were all precisely cut, roughly the same size, and likely all from Caucasian women. If you go out, you can see pictures. They're not particularly gruesome, but it's still really weird to be like, that's human flesh. Yeah, but so we don't really... know who it belongs to. Like, mm. why? Why is it in the sewer? Yeah. That's the thing. Like, who put it there? That's so disrespectful. Yeah. Hmm. Like, regardless, like, if it's a serial killer, Wait, it's hard. We don't know who it is. We don't know. We have I no idea. I thought there was going to be more of a resolution there. There is absolutely no resolution. There's been no hits, no. No connections to any missing persons, persons cases. No DNA hits come through CODIS from finding different remains. It's it's a complete mystery. It just makes me think of like all the dark underworld shows and oh, like dark web. Like, yeah. fuck, man, maybe. Like it's a whole underground city thing where it's like we think it's all innocent up here, but down below there's people being tortured and and they're just getting cut up and flushed down a fucking toilet. There's been movies upon movies of what I'm talking about. Yeah. No, for real. That shit's... I've listened to a lot of stories about the dark web. I'm like, man, that shit's fucked up. Dark web's creepy. Oh, my God. I'm good. Anyway. Due to the lack of other remains accompanying the the fleshy remains, such as, like, bones and vital organs, they are leaning more towards it being discarded medical waste, illegally discarded medical waste, okay. likely from uh, illicit plastic surgery facility because it's, it it seems like it could be a lot of tummy tuck scenarios, mm. enough enough okay. flesh. Yeah. I looked at the tattoo, I think it looked more like it was a back tattoo, mm-hmm. 
but it definitely could have been on somebody's belly and you know got cut off right they didn't want to pay the taxes and fees on disposing of medical waste properly so they were just like freeze it and flush it which is gross yeah that's gross that's my that's my main theory or that it was a morgue looking for more room because like they have to hold on to unidentified remains right so if they had these Jane well if it was a Jane Doe it would have come across so maybe not a morgue probably illicit surgery that would make sense with no hits yeah because if it was through the morgue and like they found it you know they would bring a person in a diner OD'd. be like they're missing a chunk of their skin yeah they already would have been like logged in NamUs or something so like I said, there hasn't been any activity on these cases since 2013. They remain unsolved, and as far as we know, the sewers have been and as far as we know, the sewers have been free from flesh for the last decade. I doubt that. Yeah, as I was looking at this case, I was like, now there was a couple of other bodies found in Michigan sewer system. So it's like it's not been entirely fresh free, flesh free, but um not flesh in this form. Yeah. That's all I've got for you. Those are my three cases. Well, this is another episode of Don't You Know. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at Don't You Know Pod on Instagram. And then look at our website at Don't You Know Pod.com. And then if you want to send us an email at Don't You Know Pod at Outlook.com. We've also, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, forget the first ad I said. (laughs) Also, if you have a Mastodon account, follow us at Don't You Know Pod. I have no idea what that is. So that's all, Haley. It's just another social media. You go and make posts and follow people who make posts and just another avenue. But yeah, do that. And don't yeah. forget to lock your doors. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs>